Hello, hello, and welcome to Mindfulness with Viv. If you are joining me today, thank you so much. This is my first episode of my podcast, and I have been wanting to start this for so long now, and I just grabbed my microphone today. I said, you know what? Screw it. Nothing is ever perfect at first, but you just have to start. So this is me and I am showing up and I am starting. So to quickly introduce myself, my name is Vivian No, and I am an online health and fitness coach and I am passionate about all things self-development, self-help. Um, I am a Scorpio, October 28th, yes, Thank you very much. Um, I am 25 years old. I have two amazing pups, a Rottweiler named Zeus and a miniature schnauzer named Charlie, who are just the two lights of my entire freaking world. Um, and I live in Phoenix, Arizona with my amazing, amazing boyfriend named D. And I am starting this podcast really for anybody who is also into self-development, who is also into bettering themselves and, you know, anyone who is just constantly searching for <sighs> happiness, who is constantly searching for inner peace and how to live a life where they feel fulfilled, a life where you feel like you have a mission, you wake up feeling excited and, and, like you have a purpose every day. I know that is what I have been looking for for most of my young adult life. And so what I want to do is dive deeper into the world of empathy, of vulnerability, of compassion, because I know for me, every time that I am trying to find, you know, quote unquote happiness, these have been the pillars in my life that have really brought me back to the inner sense of peace that I felt like I'd always been looking for. So in this podcast, I'm going to be diving deeper into, you know, my experiences in my life, the, the hard lessons that I've learned, the vulnerable experiences that I've gone through that have made me the person that I am today. And like I said, I'm only 25. So you best believe that I am continually learning lessons, new lessons every day. I'm learning new things about myself every single day. And I just want to share my insights with the world, with anybody who also just wants to get more, more vulnerable with themselves and get to know themselves on a deeper level. So if that sounds like you, then please subscribe because this podcast is going to be amazing and it's going to be just what you needed. So in today's topic, we are going to talk all things relationships. Ooh, yes, relationships. Very juicy, I know. It's something that we all have to go through, you know, whether that's romantic or familial or friendships. I mean, relationships are everywhere. We have to, we, we have, to have other humans in our life to survive on some level, you know what I mean? But specifically, we will be diving deep into romantic relationships today because it's actually a question I get all the time, um, especially in my new relationship that I've been in for over the past year. And like I said, it's with my amazing boyfriend. His name is D, and he is 21 years my senior, which makes him 46 years old as I am 25. 
So there is a considerable age gap. And I know that that is definitely an interesting topic for a lot of people because you don't see it very often. And I can tell you that this has been the relationship by far that I have learned the most about myself, the absolute most about myself. And I just cannot wait to share my insights and experiences with you today. All right. So to give you a little more uh, background into who D is, he is a, well, now retired, but he was a serial entrepreneur and philanthropist. Um, but now he spends really most of his day doing just about four things. The first one is meditating. You can pretty much find him meditating 90% of the day. Number two, walking on the lake because we do live on the lake. So he loves to walk outside and be in the sun and just be in nature, which I have found so inspiring. And I have actually, um, you know, caught on the habit myself. So I've actually been walking more thanks to him. Three, petting and loving our wonderful pups. He is such a dog lover. Um, and four, you can definitely find, find him loving the heck out of me. He is a bundle of love and joy and smiles and cuddles. And I really, really am so grateful to just know this man and have him in my life. So with that being said, let's dive into how I even met him in the first place. So like I said, I am an online health and fitness coach, but I used to be an in-person personal trainer. And I had a client and she would train with me five times a week. So we became sisters. She was my best friend. I saw her almost every day. Um, but she ended up moving back to California. So the day that she was packing all of her stuff, I came over to say goodbye. And her family was there helping her move. And Dee is actually her older brother. And at the time, I had broken my ankle, so I was on a little scooter. So I'm like scootering on into her apartment, and I meet her family, and Dee has a cowboy hat on. He is in a tank top, and he's like super muscular, so he's got like all of these muscles popping. He's holding a glass of tequila. He's just like, hey, girl, has this very suggestive, flirty smile, and at that time, I was in a very serious work mode. So I thought it was very off-putting. I was like, who is this man? He's weird. I really wasn't open to anything spontaneous or honestly fun in my life. So he, his energy just really caught me off guard at the beginning. Um, but he, with anybody he meets, he treats you like he's known you your whole life. So even though I'm being very closed off, he has he has no care in the world. He gives no shits. He's like just being super flirtatious, making comments. He's winking at me and just being super playful. And, you know, when someone's so steady in their energy like that, you just can't help but to fall into their energy, into their vibration. So I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I will... I will, you know, follow along. I'll play your game. So I started lightening up and laughing and we ended up following each other on Instagram. And six months later, mind you, I've only met this man once and it was like an hour, right? So six months later, he's like, hey girl, what are you doing this weekend? You know, I might come to Arizona. Do you want to go to the Grand Canyon? I'm like, uh, oh my goodness, I don't even know you. But at that point, uh, I had worked myself into the ground. And 
girl, mama was ready for some adventure. She was ready for some spontaneity, some craziness in her life. And she's like, you know what? What's the worst that can happen on a spontaneous trip with a 46-year-old man to the Grand Canyon? You know, worst case, um, I'll send my friend my location and I'll let her know if I am, you know, dead somewhere in a ditch. Luckily, that did not end up happening. We hit it off immediately and we actually moved in together, uh, I believe, two weeks after that that first weekend in the Grand Canyon. So you probably think I'm crazy, which, you know, you wouldn't be wrong. Okay, you would not be wrong. I, I'm a little bit crazy. But my soul was just telling me that this was right. And really, what's the worst that could happen? It doesn't work out. He moves back to California because that's where he was living at the time. So I was just thinking, you know what? Why not? Life is short. So he moved He moved in with me and um, our dogs. So he has the Rottweiler and I have the miniature Schnauzer. And... Luckily, they bonded very well, and I don't even know really how to describe it. We just hit it off. Our Everything just worked out so perfectly. We're both very independent people, but when we spend time together, we are just very present and loving, and I don't know. It just felt like two worlds collided. It was very effortless, Um and now here we are over a year later, we've moved into a bigger apartment together and our dogs are still best buds most of the time. <laughs> um, and things are just going incredible. I cannot ask for a more amazing, loving relationship, truly. But that's not to say that there are never rough times or there are never times where you know, it's, we do have hardships or we don't agree, you know, there have, especially at the beginning when we were just learning each other's, you know, communication styles, I would say there was a lot more bumps in the road. And so I kind of want to touch on the things that I've learned in my relationship over the past year that, you know, hopefully maybe you can take something from it and apply it to your own life. If you feel like maybe you're looking for some, some relationship advice or wisdom, not to say that I'm a guru by any means, because I would say this is probably my longest successful relationship in a year is, you know, not very long by any means, but I've learned a lot along the way. So I figured oh, why not share that with you guys? So let's dive in. All right. So the first question that I feel like, you know, I often get is how do you know what to look for in a man? Like how do you know what qualities or what values you should be looking for in a guy? And I really believe that this answer is going to vary for for all of us. We are all different people. But on some level, there has to be a foundation. And that foundation I personally feel like needs to consist of one – accepting the other person as they are and understanding that we all grow at our own rate, at our own pace. And just because we want someone else to change for us, even though we believe it's in their best interest, we can't force that change. And the best thing that we can do is communicate how we feel and communicate why we feel like if this person does something different or changes, it is beneficial for not just us, but them as well. 
but also understand that they have the right to either accept what you say and say, yeah, you know what? I agree with you. I do want to change. I do see the need to, you know, make different choices in my life. Or they can also say, um, nope, I like the way that I am right now and I don't feel the need to change. And I think it's so important that we give people that choice because ultimately we don't like other people to force us to change. You know, we don't want to feel pressured that we can't be who we are. And I feel like in respect for just human beings, growth and evolution in general, what I've learned, because I used to try and force people to change, like I don't think you should be that way. I don't think that makes you happy. It doesn't make me happy. You should change. And I thought that that was doing them a service because I saw how they were harming themselves. But at the end of the day, it's their life. It's not me who can truly be the judge of whether it is in their best interest to change. You know, they have their own lessons in, 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 in life to learn. And I, cannot deem to be the God or judge of that. And I've really, really learned that as, as I've experienced people try to change me and how shitty that feels. I I've realized like, I never want someone else to feel that way. So with that being said, one of the qualities that I feel like are just foundational to a healthy and loving relationship is one accepting them as they are and not trying to change them. Because if you are going to try to change them and you can't accept them as they are, I think it is our job to let that person go and allow them to evolve without stressing them out, without stressing ourselves out that we have this person in our lives who we don't agree with their choices. We don't agree with how they are and we think they should change. I feel like that is our problem because we at the end of the day we don't want others to make us feel that way so one just allowing others to be themselves two always supporting and encouraging someone to be their best and highest self so like I said I am an online fitness and health coach and I have noticed that a lot of the girls that I work with they have founded their relationships with their boyfriends often on drinking alcohol and eating out. And when they start to develop healthier habits and start working out, um, oftentimes this can ruin the previous connection that they had with their boyfriend. And so their boyfriends will try and convince them to, you know, miss the workout or, you know, not be so... I think a lot of times they say like, can you just relax and like not be so focused on your goals? Like, why don't we just, I, I miss when we used to go out and drink and eat. And I think, and I completely understand where they're coming from because, you know, that is the foundation that they connected on. So when you lose that, it's kind of, you feel like you're losing part of your person. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when you really love someone, you have to take a step back and say, this may not serve me and this make me make me feel, you know, disconnected or kind of like pushed to the side, right? Because now they're really focusing um, on other goals outside of the relationship. And so it kind of makes you feel like you're not important anymore. But understanding that for that person's evolution especially if those goals that they're focused on are making them happier, if you can just see them glowing, if you can see them having more energy, feeling good about themselves, I think being able to support 
that person and those endeavors, even if you feel like it may not sell, serve your needs, that is such a crucial aspect in relationships as well. And I know that is so much easier said and done, especially if you're the person that is not the one that is like evolving and that's has the goals. It's, it's harder to be the person to be encouraging because you do feel left out, you know. But what I've learned is that it's so much about putting yourself in the other person's shoes and not being stuck in feeling left out or feeling you know, loneliness in the relationship. I think that's more of a, I think that more reveals, well, what is this connection that I'm seeking with this person that I may not be, you know, that I, that I really need to find within myself. Because often I find that when we try to prevent other people from being their best selves, we are actually disconnected from ourselves. We are so connected. We are so attached to the relationship that we are in, to the person that we are in, that once we even feel an ounce of them, you know, going their own path in a way that helps evolve them, we like to, you know, drag them back because we don't want to feel that loneliness. But in reality, that that void can't be fulfilled long term with that person because that person is their own person they are going to be doing their own things and it really shows us the void of the connection that we don't have with ourselves now let me tell you that I am really speaking from my heart in that one because I so not in this current relationship, but in previous relationships, whenever I was dating a guy and I felt like they were, you know, getting busier with their career, I would really like my whole connection in my whole life was dependent on our relationship. So once they stopped spending as much time with me, I would tell like I would bring down their goals and aspirations in, in hopes that they would start spending more time with me. Because I wasn't connected with myself and I was lonely. So I was looking for them. But if I truly love that person, I I would have want them to evolve. I would have want them to do things that make them feel their best, that make them, you know, their highest, because I would be doing that for myself. And not 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 until this relationship, this past year, that I actually realized that. That once you start connecting with yourself and you start feeling your own cup and you start being your best friend, you don't feel the need to have that void filled by your significant other. You can encourage and love them to do whatever the heck they feel like is their highest calling while you are in your highest calling. And so you don't feel that void because you will have your highest calling. You're in your passions, you know? And so what I've learned so much is that it always starts with our connection with ourselves. So when people ask me, you know, how do you know what to look for in a man? It really comes down to what is the relationship you have with yourself? Because the qualities that you would want to have in a man, you should have those qualities first. If you want a man who is connected to their passion, who is career oriented, who is organized, who is loving, who is unconditionally supportive, encouraging, it's always important to first say, are you doing that for yourself? Because if you are able to do that for yourself, you this funny thing happens where you actually stop looking for those qualities in a man. You stop looking for those things in a man because you have them in yourself that you don't even feel the need to find them outside of you. And what you will notice is that 
when you are on that energy level, when you are on that frequency, you naturally gravitate towards other people who are at that same frequency. So anybody who isn't already living out those qualities that you are living, you don't, you don't even encounter those people. You don't attract those people. And so it's funny because I really believe it's when you stop looking for qualities in a man, but you start living those qualities yourself that you actually attract that man that has those qualities too. But you realize, oh my God, I don't even care if he has these qualities because I already have them for myself. Um, So I think it's kind of this like funny catch 22, if that's what you can call it, that, you know, if you're asking yourselves, you know, what qualities should I look for in a man? I urge you to first ask, do you have those qualities yourself? All right, so let's dive a little deeper into, you know, communication styles in a relationship and learning how to have effective communication because I think if you have done any personal development work in the relationship world, you know that the number one criteria for a successful relationship is communication. And I know in the past that I was so scared to offend or upset somebody else because I was constantly looking for external validation that I could never communicate my feelings. I thought that I wasn't communicating because I was being polite to the other person and being considerate of their feelings when in reality I wasn't communicating because I was scared that they would leave me. I was scared that I would not get their external validation anymore. I I was scared that I was going to lose their love. But once I started to understand that I, I I am valid, I don't need to be scared of offending other people. As long as I speak my truth and I speak it in a way that is kind, there. I, I, I have no fear. I have no stress. And whatever, however that person receives it is okay. If they get upset, that is okay. But I need to speak my truth because if I don't, I will be resentful. I will hold these things in. They will build up and I will be unintentionally negative and mean and rude to this other person and they will have no idea why and that is not fair to them and that is not fair to me either because I am not speaking my truth now with that being said when you speak your truth it's so important that we understand that we are always coming from one perspective and that perspective is ours that is our perspective the other person there's always another side Always, always, always. We do not have 100% truth, even if we feel that way. So once I realize that, whenever I have to communicate something that I feel like maybe someone like with D, maybe there's something he's doing that I feel like is making me upset, I always say, hey, okay, so I just want to talk to you. I am feeling this way. I never say, okay, you did this or you made me feel this way. I think I I actually said those things at the beginning and I realized, okay, when someone says that to me, that feels like shit, you know, and it's not that they did that. It's that I'm perceiving this away. So now I've really learned to change my communication and how I word things because these things, they do matter, you know? So now what I say is, okay, 
this is how I'm feeling. Like, I just want you to know, I'm not saying that this is your fault, but this is how I'm feeling right now because, you know, X, Y, and Z happened. However, I know that this is just my perception. And I do say this. I know that this is just my perception. Can you please tell me, you know, how you feel about the situation? Like, is that, am I perceiving it incorrectly? You know, what is your take on it? I always ask them, I always ask him, what is their take on it? Because now instead of accusing, I'm allowing for a conversation. And this is something that I do in my friendships very easily. Like when it comes to my friendships, I have no problem communicating. Yet when it comes to my relationships, I start to feel all this immense pressure that, you know, I can't say or do certain things. So once I started really seeing D as my best friend, it also made it a lot more easy to communicate with him in a way that I would with any other friend, in a way that isn't attacking, in a way that really brings, you know, the the topic at hand in, in more of a conversational style. So then he'll tell me, okay, I told, I hear you. And that's something we both do. We always say, I hear you. And I, I really love that we both have that habit because it does help acknowledge the other person. Like I know that every time he says that it does help me feel like, okay, he heard me. I feel validated. And a lot of times that's really just what we're looking for. So he'll say, I hear you. This is how I perceived the situation. Um, And so generally, like he'll have a different perception of the situation and then I'll have a different perception of the situation, right? So that's usually what causes conflicts. You Two people have different perceptions of the same situation. And so what I have learned and I I found that this this has echoed off on him too. I have learned that all I can do is really put myself in their shoes, right? Like that's, that's like the best that I can do because even though I do feel like my feelings are valid, I know that their his feelings are valid too. So I really, 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 I take the time to step into, okay, this is what he says he feels. Like how would I feel if I was in that situation, right? And so at that point, right, there's, it's not that you have, it's not that your feelings are invalid or their feelings are invalid. It's just that these two feelings are there and they coexist. And I always ask myself, is this something that I am perceiving incorrectly or do I feel like there is a solution that we can discover together? So that is something that I'll ask myself before saying anything. I I, I really like to, whenever we're having like a more intense conversation like that, I don't like to speak immediately. Like I really like to digest what it is they say, because oftentimes we feel like we need to come back with a response immediately, but we haven't actually taken the time to think of a thoughtful response. And if you've ever said something that you've offended someone and you regretted later, you know exactly what I am talking about. So I always wait for him to respond of what he says. And at that point, it's my decision where I say, okay, either one, I can change how I perceive this situation because I do feel like if I was in his shoes, you know, I I really would understand how he's coming from. And I think I'm just perceiving this incorrectly, right? Or two, okay, I totally understand how he feels. However, I do feel justified in how I feel. And I feel that we need to to find a compromise together. And then I'll say that I'll say, okay, I totally understand how you feel too. But I feel that this is something that is going to uh, is going to be recurring for me. 
if we don't find a solution together. So what do you think we could do together to, you know, solve this, this situation? So I always go into one camp. Okay. Either I'm going to change how I perceive the situation or two, we are going to find a solution and we're going to find it together. And obviously this takes two willing parties. And luckily I, well, I will say that I feel like I've always attracted people who are able to communicate well and and don't get offended by what I say. And I, I will say that I, I really think it's how we communicate. I think even if you have somebody who is naturally defensive, if you take the time to be patient and really express yourself from your heart, nine times out of 10, even if you do have somebody who naturally does get offensive, I find they always almost always jump on board in my calm and understanding realm and are able to, you know, take a moment, pause before they talk and articulate themselves well too. Because with D, I noticed that as he told me, you know, in the past with his previous relationships, like I feel like he, I feel like he had hard time, you know, really communicating and expressing himself in the past and, and feeling heard. Like I felt like, you know, when he would tell me about his previous relationships, he didn't feel sufficiently heard. So I often noticed that when we would communicate, he often would not want to express how he felt because I'm assuming that maybe he felt like he wouldn't be heard or it just wasn't going to be received well. But the more that I calmly communicate and express how I feel without not in a non-accusatory manner, he is able to do the same exact thing and really reciprocate that, that calm energy. So that's just to say, you know, maybe you're in a relationship with somebody who you feel like just doesn't understand you. They get frustrated. They get angry. Well, I would really urge you to just step into the shoes of the highest you, of the highest you who's willing to hold space for their anger and to allow them to just express themselves, but also allow you to express yourself in a calm and a rational manner and not accuse them, but just let them know how you feel, why you feel it, and then ask them, but how do you perceive the situation? Because I know that this could just be my perception. And I find just phrasing it in that way has really helped solve like 99% of my communication issues. Um, as I'm like kind of thinking back of what I just said, I don't know if that fully made sense, but I just know that in in my relationship and me and Dee's communication, that has helped us immensely of allowing ourselves to speak when we feel like we need to be, to speak, but allowing the other person to also talk in the conversation and not just having it be a one way where we just are soundboarding off that person and they're just constantly like hearing why they're bad or what they're doing to upset us. Like nobody likes to feel that way. So it's just so important that we really bring them into the conversation and make it a conversation rather than more of an accusatory style, you know, that, that attacking that maybe we've experienced from our parents that it's important we transcend in our future relationships. So with that being said, I am going to conclude the relationship talk here as I feel like uh, for the first episode, I'm really happy with, you know, 
what we talked about so far because I feel like they're two very, very important pillars that we all have to think about when it comes to relationships and, you know, being with a man who is 21 years older than me, who has experienced so much more life than me, who has so much more wisdom than I do. I can tell you that I've just learned, oh, everything come down to just being compassionate for the other person, being empathetic and really understand, like really wanting to hear what, what is your take? You know, not just asking, you know, how do you feel? but meaning it, wanting to understand how they feel and not just wanting to, you know, get things off our chest and and attack them verbally. Because I definitely think that's what I used to do. But I've just learned that when I'm when I've been on the receiving end of that, it really sucks. And it really makes you feel like you you can't be who you are. Perfections, imperfections, all of it. And it feels very, uh, you just feel like a prisoner. And I, I, I just realized like I never want to make anyone feel the, feel that way that I've felt, which I definitely think in past relationships I can say I used to. I know I did. So I've just learned so much in the past year. And yeah, I just want to thank you so much for joining me on this first episode of Mindfulness with Viv. I cannot wait to... Just continue to record for you guys and speak from my heart. I've wanted to do this for so long. I don't, I didn't really have a platform where I felt, you know, I could just talk from my heart. And now I do. And I so thank you for being here, for, you know, taking the time to listen to my story. And I always hope that you get some insightful tidbits for your life and you can apply it to your own relationships. But for now, have a magnificent day and thank you again for being here with me. Bye guys.